Warning, this podcast contains serious and explicit content from the real-life stories that often involve horrific crimes committed against women, children, and men alike, to the language and comedic angle that the hosts bring to the table. This is a comedy podcast specifically focused on true crime events, and it is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This discussion, a 21-year-old college student vanishes after crashing her car on a desolate stretch of road in New Hampshire. Join us as we delve into the most highly requested case of last year, Maura Murray. We are pleased to have the legend himself, Mr. James Renner, on this episode. It's 2021. Maura has been missing for nearly 17 years now. So let's kick off our second season of this show. Welcome! So we didn't do it. Everybody's here, so let's jump in. All right. Tamora Murray, are you sick of this kind of yet, James? (laughs) You have no idea. <laughs> um, I wake up every morning. I yeah. wake up every morning, and the first thing I do is I check my phone and yeah. check the social media feed to see if she's been found or if she's right. come out of the woodwork to tell her story. Uh, I tell you what, um, when that happens, there's like the the weight off my shoulders is going to be, uh, you know, I'm just... That's 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 going to be a day to remember, and oh, I know yeah. it'll happen. It'll happen one day, and yeah. it could be tomorrow. It could be a year from now. It could be ten years. Hopefully not. But um, I I very much want this case to be over for sure. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna follow the notes that I sent to you as well. So shout out to Nat and Sierra for Yo, putting yeah, this together. And we us. have the best fans. They're so yeah. good. They're so good. <laughs> in the world. So crazy. So more Murray. General life information, family life. She was born in May of 1982, grew up in Hanson, Massachusetts, has one older brother, Fred Jr., two older sisters, Kathleen and Julie, and one younger brother, Kurt. Parents got divorced as a kid, so she lived with her mom, Lori. Her father, Fred, he's often standoffish and cagey based on media and law enforcement attempts to talk to him. Yeah. Have you have you ever had any like interaction with him like personally or or just just through you know your research and, and your dedication to this case? Uh, you know, very early on. So I'll tell you how it started. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing I did when I realized that I wanted to write a book about this case was uh, to reach out to him. And at the time, there was a woman named Helena Murray, and she ran all the Facebook pages, and she was kind of like the family spokesperson. She was like a, she was married to Fred Murray's cousin, I believe. Okay. Uh, and that's, uh, a, that's kind of a loose thread to end up being the spokesman of an entire clan of people. <laughs> Uh, so I reached out to Fred through Helena and she got right back to me. And I remember I was with Casey and he was like three years old and we were going through a, um, uh, car wash. Cause that like, that would kind of calm him down. And, uh, I got this call from Helena and she's like, yeah, Fred doesn't want a book written about this case. He doesn't want any book written. He doesn't want anything written about this. And, um, 
And I'm like, okay, that's that's you know, that's his that's his right, that's his decision, that's fine. But like, <laughs> I mean, sitting here knowing that the book's being written. <laughs> so I said I, and then I read the book. <laughs> right, right. But you know, so but that raised like as a journalist, like that raised so many red flags because as a father myself, right. if if you know, God forbid, one of my one of my kids disappeared. Um, I would open my door and I'm like, yeah, I've got skeletons in the closet, but come on in, you know, uh, everybody's welcome. Just tell me. That started, you know, the, the kind of red flags. And I think looking back on it, um, I think what Fred was worried about was this stuff, uh, about Moore's background that came out. You know, because right. I, I think he was smart enough to realize that any reporter that really dug into this case mm-hmm. um, was going to find some some things about Mora that, you know, that, that weren't great. You know, um, you know, for instance, two things. Yeah. One, that she uh, was going to be kicked out of West Point uh, when she withdrew to transfer to UMass to, to start a um, uh, start into the nursing program there. Um, she had stolen uh, from what, uh, from Fort Knox, you know, the most secure yeah. facility in the United States. Yeah. Uh, she was a cadet at West Point and they were doing training <laughs> exercises at, uh, Fort Knox and she uh-huh. stole from the commissary. Now it wasn't anything big. It was like $5 worth of, of like makeup. Yeah. But, uh, that got her in trouble and she was going to be expelled from West Point, but they allowed her to withdraw instead. So that's one thing that, that he was worried that was going to come out. The other thing was, at the time of her disappearance in uh, uh, February of 2004, mm-hmm. she was in trouble for credit card fraud and identity theft. She was what a the fuck? Yeah. I, rec- I, re- I remember hearing that's that. Not, like, you don't, don't just details. fall into that. Dude, that's, that's, that's plan. <laughs> like, I always wonder, like, you know, what, what, what it takes to, like, do that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. It have to be some. It really she must have asshole, been Trump really or something. something. I don't know. Never caught. Nobody's ever caught on their first time. First of all, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, she'd been doing this for a while. So what? What happened was she was she had stolen somebody's credit card number, and mm-hmm. she was ordering uh, food at like two, three o'clock in the morning at UMass and she was having like pizza delivered and yeah. she was somebody else's credit card. And, uh, and UMass did this whole like sting where operation where they had like the pizza guy deliver it. And then the, like the two policemen swooped in and like, <laughs> hey, you know, we they know swooped in and got Mora. Yeah. They yeah. What? They, had they gotta be bored for that they, one though. They, yeah, they had a lot of time and my what? god tax money. <laughs> that that makes this sound like the most peaceful place on earth. You mess. <laughs> so you know, unfortunately she got caught and the judge the judge said, Hey, look, if you stay out of trouble for six months, we'll wipe this off your record. It'll be like it never happened. Because yeah, she wanted to be a nurse like and if she had this on her background, there's no way that would have happened. So, um, you know, and that was in November of 2003. And then she she vanishes in February of 2004. So she didn't she didn't ever even like complete the probationary period there. 
Um, so I think that's why Fred didn't want a book written. Uh, you know, he's changed his story many times ab about that. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, you know, I, I feel, um, you know, when, when I talk about this case, you know, Mora, you know, these bad things that came out about our history that I think are important to discuss because it might it might lead to more information about why she disappeared. But at the yeah. same time, it's important to realize that she was 21, 22 years old, and we all make stupid decisions. Oh, man, I was oh, stupid yeah. as fuck at 21. Right? Yeah. She would have turned out fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it's it's I, I think it's important information, but also, like, let's not condemn her for, for any of this stuff. Yeah. No, of course. So a week prior to speaking of Fred again, a week prior to her disappearance, Fred was dealing with money issues with the bank threatening to foreclose his home. As James mentioned about her schooling and all that and, and, and her relationship with Bill. So originally she went to West Point for chemical engineering, but then later transferred to UMass Amherst for nursing. She did college track slash cross country at both universities. Mora transferred because, as James told us, she was caught stealing makeup from the commissary. She even pleaded guilty to the cadet advisory board. She made sure to sign reports that kept this news from her family. Okay. She worked at uh, UMass Amherst as campus security. So going back to Bill William. So her boyfriend is Bill Roush. She met him at West Point her sophomore year, but stayed together even after she transferred out of West Point and went to UMass. Family claims they were going to get engaged after she graduated. I saw a lot of contradicting reports, a lot of infidelity rumors, yeah. a lot of, just a lot of things about Bill too. Is that, is, is that, is that a prompt? Do you want me to? You could, you could, you what, could, yeah, you could Bill come Prince James, what's Bill up there? <laughs> Bill, what do you, yeah, what, what was Bill's story? What do you think about Bill, James? So. You know, uh, she, Maura Murray meets Bill Roush uh, when she, after she steals that makeup from Fort Knox. <laughs> and she has to go through this, like, inside Fort Knox, this military academy, they have their own, like, system of, of uh, justice, where she has to go through, like, a judicial board. And Bill Roush at the time is one of these liaisons between the judicial committee and the cadets at West Point. And he wasn't, uh, he wasn't Mora's uh, representative, but he worked in that, that group. And yeah. so that's how they meet. You know, he's this in this position of power and she's this like uh, subordinate that's in trouble. Uh, and, yeah. You know, that's put, that. Put, I've seen some pornos start out that way. Put yeah. it that right. way. Right, mm -hmm. right. more Mora. <laughs> So, so that's, that's how it begins. And, uh, you know, so Bill stays at West Point. He graduates. He, he, he's, um, uh, he ends up at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And that's where he's at when Moore is at UMass in the nursing program when she disappears in 2004. And remember, we had just, we had just started a war in 2003. You know, 9-11 had happened. We invaded Iraq in 2003. 
Bill knows that like he's just graduated West Point. He's in he's kind of an indentured servant to the military at this point. Yeah, and he's gonna, end up, he's gonna end up in Iraq. So accomplishing the mission. This is going on in the background. And more and they're kind of like pre-engaged where he's kind of said, Yeah, we're gonna get married. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose to you at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. Dude, I was like that for six years, and then I <laughs> <laughs> right. did Bill end up going to Iraq or going like did he did he end up touring going on a tour? Greg, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Bill did end up in uh, Iraq, I believe. Um, he was in the war zone. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I can't say for sure if it was Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, but he was in somewhere. The war zone. You know, he went somewhere, somewhere not here right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's all going on. And then the week that Mora disappears, by the way, is the week that Facebook launches. So Mora's case, I've always said, is the first big mystery of the social media age. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so popular. Um, another reason yeah. why I think it's so popular is because there's infinite possibilities here once you get into the details of her case you realize that there there's enough clues to take you in any direction it could be uh, a walk away it could be a suicide it could be an abduction it could be a murder it could be death from you know exposure to the elements so it's a total like rorschach test and i think that's why it's so popular because people um, bring their own personality into the solution because it's limitless and they're like well this is what happened and if you d disagree with them they take it very personally because they kind of put themselves in Moore's place and say well if I was in this situation this is what would have happened so it's very personal to them yeah. I mean it's it's a really that's a fascinating way to describe it because it, it feels as though, you know, it's a type of case where there's enough space for ambiguity where almost your worldview is going to determine what sort of like genre of those different types of disappearances that you described that you're going to end up aligning yourself with after he and his story, you know, what, what we know about it. So a yeah. Rorschach, that's that's a real that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Just does he have a bong back there? Are we bringing yeah. out the bongs now? Do I? Probably. No, I put Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm like kind of stoned and I'm eating some potatoes. <laughs> That's my bad. Okay. Wait. <laughs> fuck, I got called the fuck out. <laughs> Holy shit. Eating in that, class, dog. <laughs> I got a bong I can break out. I'll All show right, so you mine if you show me. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, Prior to her disappearance. So November 2003, three months prior, the stolen credit card. It was used from several restaurants. She went to court. And as James said, the judge said he would remove the charge from her record if she had three months of good behavior. Therefore, six, she was currently... Six months. Six, six months. months. Correction. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Six months. Okay. So she was on probation. February 2nd, 2004, one week prior, James Renner... Claims that Mora made a phone call to a woman whose job is to investigate claims of child abuse based on her cell phone records. However, the woman does not remember specifically speaking to Mora. 
Yeah, that's a very interesting detail. Um, you know, so at some point in time, and I believe this was actually even after I'd written the book, mm -hmm. um, I had all of uh, Bill and Maura's cell phone records. And I went back and called everybody that she had called in those days leading up to her abduction. Weren't, weren't they on like a like a plan together or something like that? Yes. Uh, Maura's cell phone bill uh, was paid by either Bill Roush or his mother, Sharon Roush. Um, and those records ended up with Sharon Roush, with Bill Roush's mother. So, and I'm sure Maura was aware of that, which may or may not be important. But those records show that she she made a call to this woman in Weymouth, uh, Massachusetts, which is where her father, Fred, lived. He lived in Weymouth at the time. And this woman worked for child services. And she, like her, she would investigate allegations of abuse. And her region for investigating those allegations of abuse uh, covered where Maura would have uh, grown up. So it was a very short phone call. And I called this woman and, and uh, she explained all that. And I said, why do you think Maura would have called you a week before she went missing? Yeah. And she said, well, I don't remember her calling. She said, but, and here's the important bit. She said, I used to share my phone number with the kids that I would meet along the way. So I've always wondered if Mora wasn't one of these kids that this woman investigated. Um, okay. And, you know, she Mora was oh. reaching out because she was she wanted to share information or she was troubled. That is a big question mark why that, make, that makes fred a little bit more suspicious you know also you know. there's a lot of things that made like he was sus to me in a lot of ways <laughs> you know um the big thing with fred you know i i think you have to understand and it took me a while to kind of realize this mm -hmm. is um when you deal with people in massachusetts or <laughs> There's <laughs> different type of feel. <laughs> with a lot of like Irish Catholic, like mm -hmm. old school, like they don't want to talk about anything personal. Like yeah. everybody, like everybody, you know, just leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing. I'll leave you alone. You do your own thing. So there's this. There's just a lot more privacy than than most other regions in this country. So I think that's a lot of it. Uh, you know, I don't know what to make of Fred. Um, you know, he's he's a uh, he's a puzzle. Uh, but, you know, that that's that's all I can say about him. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, he's a he's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Every time I've seen him. It sounds like you don't have, really have the impression that he's at all. Like, I don't think Fred he, knows. He's, he's a victim too, in a sense. Yeah, I don't like. I honestly don't believe that Fred knows what happened to Mora. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's as clueless as. Yeah, no, I, don't I like speak any allegation into. It. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, with the with the with the child services thing. I guess that would be a completely completely unrelated to her disappearance. 
that's that's a, that would be a, a separate thing. I mean, we don't know. We don't yeah. know what it what connects to her disappearance. We don't know what's important, what's not. You know, so uh, you know, somebody once said that past is is uh, prologue. You know, so I think looking at what Mora was doing in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. will. I, I think that's that that's what could solve the case. Like that's, I think that's the important stuff. Yeah, I think if you understand where her mind was at, you can you can kind of figure out what she was doing up in the White Mountains that week. It's, it's just so awesome to have you on here, James. By the way, this is so <laughs> diff. This is so different, and it's just so informative too. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. So, so going to February fifth, two thousand and four, which is four days prior. <laughs> While on duty at her campus security job, Mora briefly talked on the phone with her sister Kathleen. I think right, I saw. Right. So the issue is this happened four days before Mora's disappearance, and yeah. and whenever you read an article about Mora's disappearance, this is kind of where they start. Um, Mora Mora was working the security desk at Melville Hall, and she was checking in people that would come in and and uh, you know say they lived there, and then she checked their IDs. And um, about 10:30 that night, she got she gets a call from Kathleen, her sister. And yeah, she had just gotten out of a um, uh, you know a treatment center. Yeah. And I guess apparently what Kathleen told her was that her husband Tim had picked her up at the treatment center and drove directly to a liquor store yeah. and picked up yeah. picked up booze and. Damn. Okay, Tim's a jackass. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Tim. Okay, look, in his defense, you gotta celebrate getting out of rehab. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could beef with your with your siblings and stuff, and obviously there's some situations where you just cut ties. But right. if more if Mora cared about Kathleen, that would obviously upset her because she just got out and she's already yeah. into a five o'clock bottle or something, whatever it was. Right. So but here's here's the thing. Shadow. She talks to Kathleen at 10:30. Now her supervisor is the one that finds her in like a catatonic state. At she like, was drinking, drinking. Okay. Well, she found or he found Mora in in a catatonic state. Well, it was a woman. Uh, her name was Karen, and oh, oh. and she finds Mora in this catatonic state at like 1:30 oh. in the in right. the morning. So Kathleen calls at 10:30. Now, what what hasn't what what they don't really release is that between 10:30 and when Mora was found in the catatonic state, Bill yeah. calls her 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 would-be fiance calls. Right. Bill is the last person Mora talks to before she comes before she she ends up in that catatonic state. So. Ah. To me, that phone call is much more important than Kathleen's phone call three hours before, because I think Bill calls her a little after midnight, and then it's one thirty where um, her supervisor. That's weird. She got like bad news about her her family, somebody she loves, and then Bill right. just shits on her face, like. With something, and we don't know what, and that's what set her over, you know? I have no idea what happened there, or or if anything happened. All I know is, uh, you know, when I talked to Bill, 
I, so you, you have talked just, to Bill. Yeah, yeah, I've talked to him a couple times. You know, what I said early on was that Maura was at her best when she was with Bill Roush. And if there's anything I could take back, it would be that. Because <laughs> because about about six months before my book was published, I was contacted by several women. Damn, okay, James, awesome. I see you. Right? <laughs> Nothing to do with the story. Just I was yeah, man, I had these women came forward and they said, "Hey, you you have to look more into Bill's background." Oh, and okay. Bill got me too. Got me stuff. Right. It was exactly a Me Too moment. Since then, five women have come forward alleging everything from like sexual harassment to rape, and um, Bill was into some serious stuff, and. You know, to the point where, you know, Bill is currently indicted for sex abuse in D.C., which is why oh, I've been going oh, to D.C. Okay. so much. Because yeah, you said you didn't want to see oh, him in court a lot. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I was going to ask him yeah. what he had been in court for. Yes. So Bill is facing trial for felony sex abuse in D.C. in March. Um, and it, it stems from this woman who worked with him back in 2011. Uh, 2011, who says he he kind of forced her on him. Uh, but there's there's four other women who allege uh, very similar things, and some of these women are are saying that, you know, when when he would uh, assault them, he would choke them and call them Mora. Whoa! What? Damn, bro. Yeah. What the fuck? Ah, wow. And is, so is this in the, like the the well court, I don't know if you can talk about it yeah but that's crazy it, it it's in court transcripts this comes holy out. shit man yeah and you know like damn damn yo Jen we're gonna have to take a fucking field trip to <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a five minutes it's fucking thirty minutes away I want to see this well, shit you know because yeah. she'd been she'd been talking like CPS and stuff which suggests he might have like a issue of being abused in the past and a lot of girls like that unfortunately tend to stick with guys like that. So that's yeah. also, you know, that's another tie that kind of like, you know, maybe he was, uh, makes it a lot more plausible. Yeah. It makes you yeah. look extra sus in my opinion. That's very true. That's a very good insight. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like daddy issues, next what time, saying, right? Next time I go to DC, I'll let you guys know. It's, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can get to DC from where I'm at. Uh, it's like a five hour drive. I mean, so, Akron's a little bit south of, is it Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, I actually went to school out in Ohio. I was in Gambier, a little bit outside of Columbus. No way. That's mm-hmm. Kenyon College. Yeah, I know Kenyon. Yeah, yeah I went to Kenyon. Sure. It was a goddamn soccer star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's hop back in to Maura Murray's timeline here. So February 7th, 2004, which is two days prior to her disappearance, she met up with Fred uh, in Amherst, where they went car shopping together. Uh, parentheses. Yeah, her car me, was in rough shape. Okay, let me ask you guys a couple questions. One, how many how many of you have gone to college? Gone. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, it depends. I would like, I, like I don't have community a, college. Into college, I don't have a fucking degree. Okay, but that counts. You raised their hands. You tried, now, man. Now, how many of you had parents that visited you once a month? Nope. 
No, I, li- no. I lived with them at community once college. a year. Just <laughs> <laughs> did me once a year. So apparently Fred would visit Mora quite often, and the weekend before she disappeared. Yeah, that's weird. Not only weird, but also like excessively expensive. No. Right. <laughs> yes. The and and he has four kids, by the way. Where's more in the lineup of the four children? So the Fred. children go like this. It's Fred Jr., uh, Kathleen, oh, wait, wait, wait. It could be Kathleen, Fred Jr., and then Julie, then Maura, and yeah. then Kurt. And then Kurt... She's the youngest girl, though. That's baby girl. Yes, that's true. Um, now, Kurt, he's a great, great guy. Great mm-hmm. kid. Um really sensitive just a nice guy now kurt is not fred's biological son Mm -hmm. um this is the reason that kurt and laurie Moore's mother split because laurie had an affair with kurt's father who ended up in prison for murdering his brother God. Yeah. Also, fa- family ties, birds of a feather. What, and, and, what, and, was it like a? Was it like what kind of a murder was it? <laughs> <laughs> I've no, I've it looked depends. at the police reports now again. Kurt is is such a nice kid, and this yeah, has yeah. nothing to do with him. But it does explain a little bit about the background of this family. Sure. You know, Kurt's uncle was was living with his father apparently, and was playing music too loud. And his father flipped out. So it's you know it's a it's a whole tragedy, um, and it's it's sad to talk about. But you know this is this is kind of where it, where Mora comes from. So there's all this drama going on, and uh, you know Fred shows up at her uh, dormitory. You know two days before Mora goes missing. Was it unannounced, or was she expecting him for the car and stuff? Honestly, I have no idea, and we've never gotten a clear answer on that. I don't know. So Fred shows up, and he shows up with $4,000 in cash, and he got that by stopping at eight different ATMs on the way on the way to UMass. And he, he maxes out, uh, like I think it's like $400 he can take out at a time. Exactly. Isn't there a more efficient way to do that? Well, writing a check, you know, so, you know, there's been a lot of questions about this. Like, did yeah. Fred really take out that money? Or was it like, we know Mora had access to that account. Did Mora take that money out? Right, because they were saying she she took out like 200 something dollars and that was all? She kind of cashed out her yeah. bank account, which was like $280. I so, mean, he was already found guilty for credit card fraud, so, like, it's kind right. of a wheelhouse, right? Uh, it is, right? I don't yeah. know. So, Fred comes up, and the story that Fred has told is he came up on Saturday before she she disappeared on a Monday. Mondays are the worst. Mondays are the worst, dude. <laughs> so, so he's got $4,000 in cash, and his story has always been he came up there to get her a new car because her Saturn was only running on four cylinders. Now, her Saturn, I'll tell you, I don't know what you guys drove in college, but there was a point in college where I was driving a 1978 
Suburban, mm-hmm. like that I bought for four hundred dollars. Yeah, I was driving a Highlander, like bracelet speaker. <laughs> yeah. Silver too. Moore's driving a Saturn. Was it a View? What what type of Saturn was it? It was. I you know I might be wrong about this, but I think it was like a 1996. They don't make them. Like a sedan, because I know that like they had an SUV. Yeah. My my buddy's dad got two of them for some reason. I always looked at him weird. So you know what she was driving was better than any car I had in college, and yet. Fred says that he has this $4,000 to get her a new car two days before she goes missing. The important thing to know here is they didn't get a car that day. What are you going to get that's like 4 by 4 or more than four cylinders for $4,000? So you got to shop around and see what I have no get. idea. A Saturn, a Saturn four-cylinder, dude, it gets you from point A to point B. Right? I had, I had a Buick LeSabre. Uh, I reversed and then it, I couldn't stop it and I went right into the Like it just kept going. I screamed so loud. Hannah wasn't in the car, but I called her chaotically. She ran out all pregnant. <laughs> the front of it was falling off and stuff too. So the the whole story doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then so the story that we've been told is that Fred met up with Mora and her friend Kate. Which was, Kate was like Moore's best friend at UMass. They ran cross country together. They were, they were very, very close. Yeah. Fred says he met up with Kate and Mora at a brew pub. And then he went back to his motel, let Mora drive his car. Mora drove it to UMass and they went to a party. And then at three o'clock in the morning, Mora turns to her friends and says, Hey, I have to talk to my dad. Three at three in the morning? Yeah. And they're like, it's three in the morning. And <laughs> you don't, you know, leave it till the morning. And she, and Maura's like, no, it's important. I have to do this right now. So she drives, she gets in her dad's car, drives towards his motel and crashes into a, a guardrail. And so at 3.30 in the morning, a, a cop shows up, writes her a little ticket, she totals the car, by the way. It's like thousands of dollars worth of damage to her yeah. dad's new car. And the cop lets her go with the tow truck driver who drives her back to her, her father's motel. And then she stays in her father's motel room until until like 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. Being a white woman sounds awful. <laughs> like, what would have happened? Like, honestly, like, honestly, what would have happened if that was you? Like, you, you would, you would wake up the next morning sober in a jail cell. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Maybe you're being held by another dude. <laughs> right. So, nothing about these days leading up to her disappearance, nothing makes sense. And all her father will say is, I don't want to hear anything about what happened before she disappeared. All that matters is what happens after she disappeared. And that's that's total bullshit. Because whatever happened to her, the clues are in those days leading up to her disappearance. Sounds like Fred doesn't want to get in trouble for some shit. But he also doesn't know what happened. I get it, but yeah. I also don't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's totally true. 
This episode is brought to you by EMS Inc. Heavily invested in the hemp industry, EMS is providing premium CBD products for a great price. And to make them even better, just for We Didn't Do It listeners, you can get 30% off every purchase of CBD with promo code EMSDIDIT. That's E-M-S-D-I-D-I-T at checkout for 30% off every purchase of CBD. Go check out their shop. The website will be provided in our show notes. Thank you. Now let's get back to the show. All right. So we were at the day before. Yeah, the day before. So, yeah, she caused $10,000 worth of damages to his brand new car. An officer filled an accident report, but no documentation of a field sobriety test was conducted. So that was at 3.30 a.m. 4.49 a.m., Mora called her boyfriend from Fred's phone, but the content of the call is unknown. Right. Billy is, he was currently stationed in Oklahoma at the time. Correct. Later in the morning, Fred notices the damages to his car, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> wait, so she, so, hold up, so the car was brought back to Fred without him being what happened? You know, I don't know for sure, but it's totally possible that the tow truck driver, right, would have yeah. towed the car. Oh, just like dumped it there? Yeah, right, in the hotel parking lot, and more is like, when they woke up the I'll next morning, she's that. like, hey, uh, I got, I got something I want to tell you. Yeah, I really <laughs> fucked your shit up. Man. I hit a deer last night. <laughs> I hit a deer, <laughs> dude. I hit a deer with a Pontiac Bonneville I once, hit, like, and like six a deer. Is that the the front of a Bonneville is kind of like pointed, like I don't know. But I hit it, like I went up a hill, and then I was kind of airborne, and the deer just was airborne at the same time. <laughs> Nothing happened to my car, and then it was like having a seizure. Oh, no. still awake, but she was there. She was freaking out. Oh, and then some, some like redneck up here, just like, hey, you gonna, you gonna take that? I'm like, <laughs> and he took it. I'm like, all right, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You I know, fed a family. That's funny. Like when I, I, I grew up out in the sticks, and uh, my father used to drive a '49 Ford, which was a beautiful, beautiful old truck. And one day he hit a deer coming back home, and. Uh, you know, he, the cop showed up and incited him for hitting this deer, and uh, he asked the cop, he's like, "Hey, what what happens to to the deer?" And the cop just shrugged, and he's like, "Well, uh, how about if I take it?" And he's like, "All right." So, like, literally, he put the deer that destroyed his truck in the back of the truck, and and like it hobbled home. But then we had deer stew for like oh, the yeah. next two months. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got some venison burger. Like, I yeah, all my buddies at work just like hand hand me random venison. I'm like, all right. You know, I don't I don't hunt. I would hunt, but I also don't have the patience for it. I'd rather look into true crime. That's <laughs> awesome. So, all right, where are we at? So Fred notices the damages later in that morning, but sees it's covered under the insurance. And I've seen him actually make. That statement, like, on yeah. diff- like multiple different, like, disappeared on IDGO, and it might have even been on, on the Oxygen show um, with, um, what's what's her name? Maggie? She- yeah, Maggie. <laughs> Shouts out Maggie <laughs> for you. Maggie's <laughs> Mag- Maggie's, you know. I would like to be friends with her. <laughs> it seems nice. 
you know, you should yeah, reach out a- to her. She's she's great. And and uh, art is too. You know, I was I was very intimidated by art. The uh, but but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. This is my first step in, in into getting out of my my comfort zone. <laughs> I I'm just like every day I come home from work, I'm like, what am I gonna watch now? <laughs> and the reason that we started the podcast, I explained it and stuff, but cold cases and unsolved murders and unresolved disappearances, they fascinate me just because it's like, what the fuck happened, basically? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love true crime, even when it's solved. Controversial closed cases, we, we, we run a couple. Connecticut Jenkins, Carla Stefaniak was another close. But mm-hmm. the ones that are, we don't know what happened, that, that, that just keeps me up at night. And that's what I know. gets me to tune in every every time. As soon as as soon as a case is solved, I lose all interest in it. It's the yeah. unsolved, it's the unsolved cases that that interest me. It's the puzzles, um, and it's it's probably a little like egotistical of me, but you know I, I think we're all like this. We think yeah. like, well, I bet I can figure out what happened, <laughs> even though a hundred <laughs> other people before me failed uh you know you know that's 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 what interests me kristen smart i think everybody knows who did that case we covered her like dude it's paul flores (laughs) like why is he not (laughs) arrested yet (laughs) you know (laughs) the dog went up to the mattress went up to the mattress smelled it it's like oh that's her yeah yeah mora mora was a, a case that was suggested for a long time and like i said i wanted to do it right and this is definitely doing it right right now i remember like you know before i wrote the book and again this is not like this is not ego talking because i'm sure if i wouldn't have done it somebody else would have but this case morris case was not well known and i remember uh watching I had just been fired by <laughs> by the newspaper I worked for, and I was sitting at home trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I watched an episode of 2020, and it was uh, it was a uh, a double episode. They were doing two unsolved murders or two unsolved disappearances, and the first was Brooke Wilberger, and the second was Maura Murray. And Brooke Wilberger, if you have ever looked into it, it's like it's a pretty clear. I don't think I've ever heard of this one. But the Maura Murray, like they interviewed her father, and uh, the more he talked, the more I was like, wait a second. Hold up, bro. Yeah. Phone. <laughs> like nothing he's saying makes any sense in the real world. Yeah, and it's not just his accent either. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and I started peeling back the layers and there was just more mystery upon mystery upon mystery. And that that's that's kind of how this this whole book, you know, thing came along. So it's it's uh I don't know. It's it's very it's very strange looking back on it. I almost wish there's a part of me that almost wishes that like if I had like turned the channel at that moment and like watched another unsolved mystery, like like maybe we'd be talking about D.B. Cooper right now and we'd be much happier 
in our <laughs> because of it. I'll put uh, I'll put the um, your earbook in the show notes too. So thanks, our listeners. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, man. So they can check it out and and, and everything. Um, I know uh, Amy Mihalovic is is a case that I want to cover, but also one that I want to do justice. So. Thank um, you. I'll put that book in there. Maybe we'll get you back on that one. Nice job uh, pronouncing her last name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've watched enough about her. Yeah, man. Trust me, I'm, I'm in this game. Polish. He's from the area. <laughs> I'm Polish. Yeah. Hey, don't, don't forget, I'm 13%. 13% black. I got you, brother. Get a seat at the table. Wait, 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 wait. Did you, did you do your genealogy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, did you? Did you? <laughs> I'm gonna get pinned on some random crime. I know it. It was him. What did you do? Like 23andMe, or did you do? What did you do? No, my my sister did like ancestry. Oh, you know, I was I I did it about a year ago, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if I'm writing about all these people that have been caught using genetic genealogy, like <laughs> I need to put my genes out there. So, right. um, so I did it about a year ago. And I had always been told by my family that I was like German, like yeah. I thought I was gonna like. I could see it, yeah. Right, just German about you. I, <laughs> I thought. Not I, like saying you're a Nazi or something. You're just German. Exactly. Like yeah. no, 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 no. That's what I thought. Like I thought <laughs> I was gonna put my genes in there, and it was gonna say, okay, you're like Adolf Hitler's grand yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> but was <laughs> all that funny. But what came back was like that like 90% of my genes are from like London and uh, like Manchester, England. And uh, so now I've been telling everybody that my my great grandfather was Sherlock Holmes. So I can I can I can take that. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably be saying like, "Yo, that makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool yeah, to follow in your great grandfather's footsteps. Yeah. If an edible was fully kicked in and James, you told me that, I would have zero doubt. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, dude. You don't know. <laughs> you know, um, you know I have to tell you that, like, yeah. you sh- you guys should totally go to CrimeCon. Next time that like it it happens, I, was, I wanted to like I wanted to get in, uh, into it. So yesterday or two days ago was our one year, but not even our one year of releasing episode. It was just like starting the Twitter. Yeah, uh, Figs Figs over here came up with the name because we didn't have a name. We didn't do it. Makes sense because you know we obviously didn't do it. But let's talk about <laughs> me. Glad you did. And and so I made the Twitter, and and then you know like two days after our one year anniversary of having twitter we got james yeah. fucking renner in the show <laughs> i would love i would love to go to crime con and everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, i don't know how to i think, I think we meet the requirements now okay okay we might yeah look at the internet well <laughs> in the crime con uh united states and uh you tell them that james renner sent you hell yeah <laughs> but but like uh crime con <laughs> has like expanded and there's a crime con uk that's happening in london in right. june of, like it's june of of 2021 yeah. so uh, I, like i'm totally gonna be there i've never been yeah. funded in my life but i'm totally excited to like see where my, my Yo, like ancestors we actually come. that must be so awesome just to I'm look so forward to man mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm gonna yeah. try to get into the uk now 
Okay. I'm gonna try to we get. We actually have there. a really, really good friend of ours that lives in London. Yeah, one of our best like friends. Three hey. minutes yeah? to throw. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do it. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. Let's crash at Ryan's. Yo, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> be so we'll crash at just... Ryan's. <laughs> we'll get like shepherd's pie. And yep. uh, we'll have a good, we'll, we'll have a fun time. Dude, I'll, yeah. I'll even Are you watch having a giggle, mate? <laughs> In a pub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full English breakfast. <laughs> Fucking beans and all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no, CrimeCon is definitely, CrimeCon is definitely like a goal of mine. So that's, mm-hmm. this is awesome to hear, man. This is so motivating. Pardon the interruption, but we wanted to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Davos Jerked Meat. Hands down, this is the best beef jerky on planet Earth, and you get your money's worth. With bold OG, garlic pepper, teriyaki, and now Hickory Hank, named after yours truly, you have flavor options, and trust me, they're all addicting as fuck. So go on and get the best beef jerky for the low. You can hit us up and we will be the middleman, or you can go straight to the source himself. On Twitter at Real Dave Olson. That's O L S O N for the last name. Real Dave Olson. And one more shout out. Check out QuintonPierce.com for the hottest apparel on the market. From Respect the Sunday to the Bandemic Hoodie, help our show by supporting our friend Q. Again, that's QuintonPierce.com. Also in our show notes. All right, let's hop back into the timeline then. So February 8th, 2004, 11.30 p.m., Fred called Mora to remind her to pick up the accident forms from the DMV. I think there was like three forms, if I remember correctly, or something like that. I don't know. It says, note, between Sunday night and Monday morning, police suspect that this is when she packed her belongings into boxes, as that is how they found her dorm room after her disappearance. On top of one of the boxes was a printed email to her boyfriend, Bill, which indicated trouble in the relationship. Mm. Saucy. Specifically (laughs) referencing a time that he cheated on her. Yes. Yes, that's true. Do we have any more information on on, on, on what happened there? Well, it was uh, was an email that... I just kind of want to know, you know? Right. Get the deets. Email that Bill sent to Mora mm-hmm. um, admitting that he cheated on her uh, at West Point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that in the minds of the detectives looking into Mora's disappearance, it's like, well, did she leave this as like a message to us saying that this is why she's leaving? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bill kind of downplays that. And another interesting thing to know about Mora is even though she was in a relationship with Bill Roush and he was cheating on her, she was also cheating on him. Damn, bro. Uh, Gotta keep that that same energy, you know what I mean? (laughs) And, and And again, she's 21, 22 years old. She's in college. You know, I don't I don't blame her at all, but she was having a relationship with her track coach. Oh, and how old is he? He's a little older than her. I think she Uh, he's out of college, I believe. Did he groom her? 
I don't know. I don't know. But his his <laughs> name, <laughs> room you know, it, it, this is 2004, and he yeah. has the most unfortunate name ever. His name is Hussein Baghdadi. <laughs> <laughs> now what? I remember about him. I remember. I remember about him. I just, it's I don't know. hard name to forget. That shit, like, no. if I didn't know better, I'd be saying, like, there's no way that's accidental. Like, dude, that, that's right. a... Hussein Baghdadi, dude? You know, but, oh, my God. She never boarded a plane peacefully in his life. <laughs> no, never. Never. He cannot travel. Um, He's got to go through an MRI at security. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, like, honestly, like, I I reached out to him and he called me back and he I feel as though he was completely honest with me, you know, and he told me he's like, yes, we had a relationship. We were we were sleeping together. She was with her boyfriend. Um, But the interesting thing he said was she never, ever mentioned her father as far as I knew. Her father was dead already. So, and the other thing, and this is more important, obviously, Hussein Baghdadi says that she talked about disappearing. She had this fantasy about disappearing and starting a new life. And he always thought she meant Mexico. <laughs> As most of us do. Dude, I would go to Canada. That's what I would right? do. Right, Close right, right. That's, that's, you know, there's been a number of really good sightings that have come in. Yeah, ha- didn't you find her or, or like come close at a cafe or something like that? You know, uh, so Lance and Tim, who did the Missing Maury Murray podcast. Yeah, I know about them. Yeah. yeah, we got together and we went up to Canada to try to find more Murray because there were these um, missing. There were these like sightings that were reported in like Montreal mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah, it was like a French spoken area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we went up there to check it out, and uh, you know, we met a number of people that said, "Yeah, we we think we 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 know who this person is. We saw her." But the interesting thing is all of these sightings of Maura Murray, they trace back to Montreal, Canada, Quebec City, Canada. Um, And then they change. Um, About five years ago, they changed from Quebec to Florida. And there was there were these being cold. Hey, I respect different water for sure. There were these sightings in Sarasota, Florida, that were so um, credible that I actually flew down to Sarasota to try to track them down. And that's like in one of the Oxygen's like spinoff, like little, like one-offs. So Mm -hmm. we tried to find her in Sarasota, but the sightings begin in Florida with a person that, that, that swears she saw Maura Murray at a gas station in Sarasota, Florida, and she uh-huh. says it looked exactly like her. I was sure it was her, and she was in a, an an SUV with license plates from Quebec, Canada. What? Oh, no, that's not a coincidence, right? That can't be. A that coincidence. can't be. No, that sounds super credible, man. 
That's what I That's thought. Wild. That's why that I thought it was so credible. I flew down to Florida to try to find her, but I could not find her. I would do the same thing. Mora is elusive. Yeah, Mora is an elusive. Could one. you imagine like the, the like the news the day after she comes out of hiding if she really has been hiding all this time and she right. tells her story? Yeah, you're gonna have the biggest grin on your face too. Right. I hope she's alive. I hope she's alive, and she. I feel like she's we're, alive. we're gonna get into a, a possible pregnancy yeah. here. Yeah. There's she, really nothing to point towards a death and anything that we've talked yeah. about. There's no evidence of a crime at all. Um, um, you know, she just goes missing in the White Mountains on February 9th, two thousand four, and we don't know anything more. The, so let's get to the day of real quick on this timeline yeah. and then, and then, and then just get with these deets. So February 9th, 2004, the day of midnight to 4 a.m. Use her personal computer to search for directions to Berkshires in Burlington, Vermont. She was looking up information about rental properties, so like an Airbnb back in 04, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the important thing to remember about the condos that she was looking into, mm -hmm. that they they had, she was looking into condos with two bedrooms. So she was inquiring about rentals with, like, if ah. you're a college student and you want to get away for a night, you stay at like an don't matter. Economy. Yeah, fuck where you stay. It could right. be a couch for like studio. thirty dollars, but yeah, a motel. But the Morgan budget was, in. Morgan that's was looking. Alley, yeah. She wanted a place with two bedrooms, so that tells me she's traveling with more than one person. That would be expecting someone to meet her. Yeah, yeah. Someone she doesn't want. One or the other. So 12.55 p.m., she calls a condo rental place in Bartlett, New Hampshire. This was a place she frequently visited and is familiar well, with. Well, just just a quick point there. She never stayed at the place she called. It was kind of... So she's just familiar with the area? Well, you know, think of like a, a small little... Like a cul-de-sac, like a little okay. neighborhood with like um, 20 different homes. So she stayed there before, but she's never yeah. stayed in this particular rent mm -hmm. before. Okay. So she would go up in that general vicinity. Right. Uh, it states every summer. 1 p.m. She emailed Bill saying, I love you more st stud. I got your messages, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking too much of anyone. Okay. I promised to call today, though. Love you. One more interjection. So uh, that's why you're here. She leaves that message because at the time, Bill was on another call. And do you know what that other call was? The mistress or the other yep, girl. girl. It was the other girl. It was, it was best friend at West Point, uh, not at West Point, but at UMass. Kate Markopoulos. Oh my, it was Kate? It what? was Kate. Bill no was way, on dude. the phone with Kate or with her, with Kate's voicemail when Maura left that message. <coughs> Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, Kate, I, I think Kate has more information than she's ever shared. I wish she would share it. Um, yeah. I don't know what 
particularly she knows, um, but she's the big question mark in this whole mystery. Hmm. I did not know that until now. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome information. Uh, so this is what I always thought about, you know, because I did this once. I've had plenty of grandmas die <laughs> that didn't exist, you know what I mean? So Mora emailed her professors and her work supervisor. She was asking to take a week off because there was a death in the family. But there was no death in the family. So a- according to her family and her friends, it's not like her to lie like that? I guess not. You know, the the question has always been, like, why did she say there's been a death in the family? Mm-hmm. Um, the one... You know, thing that's come up over and over again is, did more mean that that death was the pregnancy? the pregnancy, the unborn baby? Did she have a plan to abort that kid? Um, so I don't know. All we know is there was not a death in the immediate family when she yeah. did that. I mean, when I did it, I just. I don't even know. I just bullshitted up my ass. I wanted to take, you know, <laughs> I think I was like first year of college. I'm like, yeah, some, my grandma died. I gotta go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I, did, you s- I didn't do anything but drink all week. You know, I was yeah. like, I, I, I'm too stressed. Maybe more did something similar, you know, because I understand being like, I was, so I was 19 when, when I did that. Yeah. She's 21. It's not that big of a difference. But if you look into it a little bit deeper, was she planning to abort it? Right. Best was there a miscarriage or something? Like, here's what I hope every morning when I get up is that Maura made it. Uh, she got away from the men that were threatening her and mm-hmm. she had this baby. And there's, <clears throat> if you haven't seen it already, there's a very convincing video of a woman with a with a girl at a Star Wars premiere on YouTube. And it looks okay. like Maura Murray with a girl that looks kind of like Maura Murray and kind of like Bill Roush. What? Yes. You, I got to look this up. I've I, never even heard of it. I mean, this is all starting to piece together. So <laughs> my, my, my hope is that Maura realized she was pregnant and got yeah. away. And Good had, for her. And, and started a better life for her daughter. And, uh-huh. and that one day she'll come out and, and tell the rest of her story. That would be the best ending of this story. The other possible ending is that someday some hunter in New, New Hampshire is going to find some bones in the middle yeah. of the woods and realize it's, it's, it's her. So, and so one of the two is is gonna happen i looked up the star wars photo that woman does look like more a post baby you know a couple couple years down the line and stuff it does it does not trying to be disrespectful i'm just being yeah julie it does yeah julie murray maura murray's sister julie uh saw that video and she said that i think I think that's my sister. I, I can't say it's not her. I, 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 like, I, I think it might be her. Did any other family members speak out on that? Like Kathleen or anything? No, as far as I know, I, I don't know. No? I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what kind of vibes I got off of. Kathleen. I don't think she like, knows what happened. I just think that she might be withholding something. When I was watching, you know, like yeah, listening yeah, to her yeah. about that, she's holding something back. But yeah, I don't think. You know, hey, look, people are hiding things everywhere, though. I, things. You know, with this case, the one thing I will say with a hundred percent certainty, everybody lies. Everybody lies. Um, you know, with and with that note, true. I'm gonna have to jump off here in like uh, another minute. That's or fine, two. man. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. We went longer than I thought. Not we longer than um, dude, this is like a. I mean, if if you've got the time anywhere down the line, uh, and you want to pick it up at the site of the crash, okay, we can do a, a part two if if you if you had fun and, and you're cool with that. Sure, yeah, let's do oh, it again. Sure. Cool. Yeah, whenever, let's, let's do that. whenever you're free, we will make sure to fucking be free. Yeah, we can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, you so I, I hope you had fun. We we try to keep a different pace, a, a different kind of energy. Yeah, and it was awesome to get you on here. It, it tested us. No, I like and, it. Sure. Like it a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I feel invincible now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time, whether you're a new or old listener. We can't wait to link back up with James and finish part two. But until then, expect some other cases to get released. Thank you again, and as always, stay alive, motherfuckers.